make every night legendary. Guys, we've had some pretty legendary nights, but we've also had some nights that weren't so legendary. The non-legendary nights are done. Tonight is gonna be legendary. Another episode of the legendary Stay Oz podcast. I'm Chris. Also here is Jordan. What's going on, brother? How you doing out there, world? What's up? The Stay Oz podcast can be followed on social media via Instagram and via Twitter. Catch up to us. Follow us. We got some interesting followers. Become one of them. You can also be heard on all the podcast outlets. We just added tune in to our roster uh, of available podcast outlets. So you have no excuse not to follow the legendary Seahawks podcast. Also, in organizational news, Jordan is now a minority shareholder in the Seahawks podcast, and he is free to push NBA players at will. Uh, yeah, I don't have $500,000 to lose, so I'll be keeping my hands to myself. <laughs> Goodness gracious, that, that was a nice chunk of change there. Yeah, a year away and 500 k Probably his pocket change for him, though. But he can't even come to, like, you know, when that new arena opens. Now, so is he is he suspended from all NBA games? Is he suspended from Golden State Warrior games or is he just suspended from games at Oracle? I feel like I saw it say NBA games. Like, I feel like he can't go anywhere. He's just going to have to tune in on the telly for about a year and uh, give up some of that dough. But uh, I believe it's all NBA games. Yeah, he's going to have a hard time catching a bar in Oakland uh, watching those games. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> He's going to, you know, as a minority shareholder, he is going to miss that grand opening of the new arena next year. That's got to be terrible. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if I feel any sympathy for anybody uh, for, for, the, for a guy like that. So, you know, oh, well. Oh, no, I don't feel sympathy for him. I, I don't think that fans should interject themselves into game action like that. I think what he did was idiotic. But... On the flip side, and there's always a flip side with me. On the flip <laughs> side, I do think that Kyle Lowry handled it fairly well. He complained yeah. about it a lot. See, see, here's my thing, right? Somebody has to be an adult. So, you know, I've, I've heard the, the, the different lines of reasoning and the different frames of thought that, you know, well, what if the player decides to, to swing back? Yeah. That's a yeah. There's a lot of ifs in this world, right? Yeah, that's what? true. Let me propose another one. What if there's a minor kerfuffle? Because this is what it was. I mean, the if if Kyle, you know, people talk about, you know, this is a big old uh, professional athlete and the harm he could do to you. So if he could inflict so much pain on this man, that push did nothing to him. Let it go. It's a minor kerfuffle. 
I'm trying to use the word kerfuffle because it sounds hilarious. But <laughs> so, I see you, you, you've used it two more times than you've needed to. <laughs> but it also indicates how minor this is, right? Yeah. <laughs> Be the bigger man. There's nothing. Why is everybody so quick to want to retaliate and come back and, and imagine worst case scenarios? Be the bigger man. No one was punched in the face or attacked or, oh, well, what if somebody wanted to, wanted to, you know, ramp it up? You know, this guy gets away with a push. Somebody might throw a punch next time. Well, you're punching at your own risk. At that point, yes, you're punching an NBA athlete. Prepare to, to have happen to you what's going to happen to you. But even then, be the bigger man. Athletes are always in a hurry, and this is not against athletes. It's not to bash athletes. But athletes are always in such a hurry to show the difference between them and the common guy, right? So if you're the bigger man physically, be the bigger man mentally and psychologically. This person can't do anything to you physically. Back off. Mm. Sue him later. And see, you know, he got he got penalized. He got his. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm in full agreement. I, you know, five hundred thousand dollars is nothing to sneeze at for the average person, like I said. And f- for you to have a seat at a playoff game of that magnitude, obviously you have some money to uh, blow. But uh, regardless of that, uh, you know. Outside of what we saw, you know, some people, they they feel privileged no matter what what the race is. They feel privileged because they think they can get away with certain things or they're entitled to do certain things that they know they won't get any pushback for. And it was interesting. I had listened to uh, Skip and Shannon talk earlier and uh, Shannon said, well, you know, they're held to a different standard because some players or, or athletes in general. Now, what if the scenario was. Kyle Lowry initiating that first and you know that the 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 person the fan having to retaliate or the fan being in fear of his life like you mentioned Kyle Lowry can take that I mean when you saw the video of the guy shoving him if that was what it was a light shove that didn't do anything to him it was just the whole point of him being touched there was no need for it he wasn't even within that that area or well he was within the area but he wasn't in the direct line of when Calari had to jump after the ball and jump into the crowd. He was sitting on side of where it happened. So he didn't even have to involve himself, but I did like the, 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 uh, the, the calmness that Kyle Lowry showed, the patience that he had. Uh, he didn't retaliate. He just kind of calmly told the refs, hey, you know, he, he, he brought attention to the situation. He pointed the guy out and, you know, the guy got what he deserved. Uh, a ban, a year ban from NBA games and $500,000. I agree with you, man. Sometimes being, as you say, a man requires you to turn the other cheek and just to, you know, be calm. That actually is what defines a man, in my opinion, as well as when you can take something like that, you know, okay, this is not going to hurt me and just blow it off. I I think he did a stand-up job. I think he did it right. Um, It was interesting, though. I was listening to another interview uh, with uh, Steven Jackson and uh, Stephen A. And I can't remember the other guy on first take. Max Kellerman. And uh, they were having a roundtable discussion, too. And, of course, 
you know Steven Jackson is on the panel, so you know good and well they're going to relate it back to when it was the Malice in the Palace. And Steven Jackson did his whole thing about, you know, back in the day, it would be a different story. Like, you talking about Cal Lowry. Now, if, if that guy would have did anything like that to me or Ron Artest, we'd be talking about a different story. You know, we'd be talking about, you know, it, 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 if you if you were man enough to, 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 to put your hands on me, then you man enough to take the punishment. You know, and, and that right there, of course, you know, you kind of expected him to say that. Let's just be honest. But I think the truth of the matter is Kyle handled it, handled it uh, very well. You don't know if maybe he would have had a different reaction if they were just randomly out in the street and the guy just shoved into him. But he did his job uh, in, in that arena of, 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 uh, of an NBA game. Yeah, I mean, you know, props to Kyle Lowry for he handled as best he could in a Kyle Lowry way. Um, and we'll get to that later. Why I said it that way, but yeah. you know, Stephen Jackson is Stephen Jackson. He lives by he he either lives by or pretends to live by. I mean, I'm gonna lean in favor of him actually living by a different code. But it's just, <laughs> it's you know part of the I don't I don't want to turn this into Chris on the soapbox, but part of the reason the world is how it is, man, is like people want to. You shove me, I punch you. Like right. doesn't one doesn't always equal the other. You know, it's it's like a lot of conflicts are ended. It's it's a difference if somebody persists in doing something to you. Oh, this is the last straw. But conflicts are not ended by retaliation. Conflicts are ended by someone taking the high road. Now here again, professional athletes. Now, whether they, they say that or not, professional athletes carry, talk, act, uh, uh, party, play, everything they do gives indication, even in their conduct and their attitude, they want to give indication that they're better than the common man until right. somebody puts their hand on them, and then all of a sudden, they're a common man. No, again, no one, no fan should interject themselves into the game, assault someone, put their hands on someone, that, that's, that shouldn't happen. However, the bigger man, it's nothing wrong with being that. Be the bigger man. So, yeah, I guess I did get on my soapbox. Sorry. You deserve a soapbox every now and then, man. And that, that's true, though. Sometimes it requires you just take the high road. And you know how we, 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 we definitely teach that is that, you know, take the high road. It doesn't always require, uh, it, it, it should never require actually violence. But, you know, that can be difficult for some people when they want to feel like their manhood is being attacked. But he did a good job. Right. I mean, that, that, that was not an, that was not an attack on manhood that that leaned more into what you said, maybe not, maybe a level of privilege, you know, that did lean into that. And, and that was there. But I guarantee you, if you take a privileged individual, right, and you physically attack them, you're not going to change that privilege. Right. You're not. That doesn't nobody has become a better person. As far as privilege goes, I'm not going to say nobody. I don't want to make a blanket statement. But very rarely does that make a better a person better in their privilege because you put your hands on them. 
You know Correct. what privileged people do to people who put their hands on them? They take them to court and stay privileged. Yeah. And they get a great lawyer. There you go. <laughs> That's what privileged people do. Because lawyers are privileged people and they hang in the same circles. But that's neither here nor there. Props to Cal Lowry for uh, being the bigger man, taking the high road, so to speak. Uh, and he took a high road in this series. As the Raptors go up 2-1, Steph Curry did all he could to pull the game out. Game three out in Oracle Arena out there in Oakland. But the Golden State Warriors were just shorthanded. And here's another soapbox moment for Chris. People are saying uh, no one's crying tears for Golden State because of their injuries. And that's true. No one's crying tears for them. Injuries happen through the course of the season. You play with what you got. Yada, yada, yada. Next man up mentality. I completely agree with that to an extent. Yeah. But facts are facts. Things are what they are. The people who say that the Golden State Warriors have three all-stars outside of the people who are injured. And they were naming, like, Andre Iguodala, who hasn't made an all-star team in 10 years. And they were naming Draymond Green, who's clearly not an all-star for scoring prowess. And then they named Boogie Cousins, who did not make the all-star team this year because he was stinking injured. He has no legs. Anybody who, anybody who knows how the human body operates could see DeMarcus Cousins had no legs in that game in game three and it right. showed right. it showed no effort defensively he had no bounce on his jump shot he was people grabbing rebounds over him he wasn't able to get up court quickly his his legs were shot game two took marcus demarcus cousins legs and he didn't have him for game three so steph curry and draymond green were your all-stars if you're going by people kill me with this warriors thing okay now i know i'm a warriors fan i'm going to defend them but just, just listen to this on its surface. This Warriors thing where they say how many players they got. They have, they have little to no depth. Stop calling when, it's, when it benefits your argument. Stop saying Andre Iguodala is an all-star. Stop. When it benefits your argument, stop saying Boogie Cousins is an all-star. I predicted this when he signed Jordan, that even if he came back, his performance would be very, very reduced because of the nature of his injuries. Very few people come back and play on an all-star level from an Achilles. Not everybody's Kobe. And even Kobe saw a drop-off in his performance. Yeah. So we know DeMarcus Cousins ain't Kobe. So you were going to see a drop-off in his performance. And it's starting to show. He had a residual injury, which came from the torn quad. So now he's got two things wrong with his legs for this year. That's not an all-star you're seeing. If you want to go by that reasoning, okay, let's call Serge Ibaka the second-best defender in the league because he was at one point the runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year to Marc Gasol. Oh, and while we're on that, let's say Marc Gasol is the best defender in the league because at one point he was Defensive Player of the Year. And he's still an all-star because just last year he was an all-star. Let's do that. No, it doesn't apply. We live in the now. Yeah. Steph exactly. was the only scoring thread on that, on that floor for the Golden State Warriors last night. We saw the importance of Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson made $40 million last night by not playing. Because you saw the importance of not having Klay Thompson. 
Yeah, I, I, and you saw him kind of pouting and looking like a baby on the sidelines too, but uh, <laughs> which was funny to me f- to see. But you did see the importance of a Clay Thompson. Uh, they needed him sorely. Uh, I think that if he were to have played, it would have been obviously a different outcome. But again, that's that's why you take advantage of teams when they're hobbled. Somebody was talking to me earlier about this. Like, man, if the if the Raptors end up winning this, is there an asterisk ne- next to their victory or their championship? And I said no. no. The Toronto Raptors don't control who gets hurt on the Golden State Warriors. They don't control who gets to sit out or who should sit out according to doctor's orders or the coach's orders when they could probably come in and play because this is this is what you work for. This is where this is the end all. No. So if if the Raptors win, hey man, there ain't gonna be no asterisk. They won. You play who gets put on the court. So I, again, like I said before, I don't have any sympathy for uh for the Warriors. Uh and it, and it looks to me like they're going to be without Kevin Durant again for game four, from what I'm reading. Yeah, he's ruled out. He's already ruled out. And and I don't believe Kevin Durant's going to play in the finals. Uh, initially, wow. I, you think he's I thought be he done, period. Initially, I thought he was going to come back. And they're saying he's making strides. I'm yeah. going to be real with you. I don't think that was a cash strike. Really, I think I think Kevin Durant may have actually have a slight tear in that Achilles. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but well, you might be right. He is walking around, but it's 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 not that simple. And then what the calf strain still takes. Somebody said four up to four weeks. So yeah. I know. I know. When the series first started, I said Kevin Durant will be back, and you know, I I hope for the sake of the Warriors that he is back. But yeah. there there's a strong possibility, and and if you ask me, unless this thing goes seven, KD doesn't come back. KD doesn't come I'm back. So I'm with that line of thinking. Yeah, because if 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 you if you can't come back now, and you say game four, then yeah. You know, but the difference, even with this team, they can win the title without Kevin Durant, but you need Klay Thompson. You, what, and people talk about his, his offense. Clay spreads the floor for you, and you did see that yesterday. You needed somebody else to spread the floor because what happens is if you have Curry and you have Thompson there, that opens up the lane for Draymond to grab that rebound and go full court. Yeah, that opens exactly. the lane for Draymond to initiate offense and and hit cutters on the baseline and uh, leave open shots for Quinn Cook and Andre Iguodala and and McKinney. That opens those things up as you even saw it last night. Clay and and Steph, you saw with Steph too. You saw in Game Three, Steph comes off those screens and he's taking two people with him because of the fear of them shooting. Now imagine right. that happening on both wings. That leaves those alley oops, those open plays. You know, and everybody out there, because they were playing out of character, if you looked at the Warriors, they played hard. All of them. They played hard. It's just they can't. I mean, you you were asking them to to do things they just can't do. You know, so it's going to be an interesting series. They say Clay is a go for game four. 
And you'll see the difference. But, you know, defensively, I think, was the bigger difference of play because you saw a lot of matchups that did not favor Golden State because they didn't have Clay to throw out there on a Siakam or on a Kawhi Leonard. You know, so right. you, you saw some some kooky matchups. And I think that, you know, I know Steve Kerr was experimenting, but I thought that he should have tightened his rotation and not expanded it. Right, right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm that same way. I, I feel that he should have left only a certain amount of people that he can get in there and trust. Uh, they're just hobbling to the finish line right now, uh, and 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 the Warriors are doing a good job of staying focused and making sure that they 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 that they don't lose their lead. I, one thing I was fascinated by because you you look at the game too, and the victory that the Warriors had. The third quarter, you know, they always talk about the Warriors are really, really good coming out of the half. And I think in the, in the second game, what did they have? Like an 18? Wasn't it an 18-0 run? Yeah, it was like 20-2 to two or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it, was, it was extremely good. But uh, from one thing that I, I noticed is the third quarter, they didn't, they didn't uh, assert their dominance. And I think Toronto learned from game two. You know, hey, this is something that they're very good at. They make adjustments coming out of the half, and they pounce on you. And and that's one thing Golden State can do. They can really come back quickly with the amount of talent they have and the shooters that they have. So, uh, once again, kudos to Tor- Toronto. How was Golden State supposed to assert their dominance in Game 3? You had hey, one play that was dominant. Look, man. All I, I look. I told it before. I don't make any excuses for Golden State. You got the best shooter in the oh, world still not, out there. You not, still got Draymond. I'm, I'm not making excuses. I'm looking at things on the surface with the personnel they have. You, you took out. You took out Clay Thompson and you put in Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston ain't shooting past 15 feet, bro. Sean Livingston the, is a world beater. He's not. <laughs> He's he's no he's not the defender he was two years ago. Sean Livingston's talking about hanging it up. Iggy's talking about hanging it up. And Iggy, by the way, and, and I think you may agree. What's that? Andre Iguodala. I, first of all, I've loved Andre Iguodala from day one. I used to want him to wear the red and black. Yeah, and I, I did. Like I always wanted him over Luol Deng. Respect to Luol Deng, but I always wanted Iggy over him. Yep, Andre Godala is a national treasure. Do you hear me? A I national hear treasure. I, I, look Iggy, I look at Iggy's career, man, and he is the the ultimate glue guy. Like anything you needed Iggy to do throughout his career, he's been able to do, and he's always been a solid defender. Even in the twilight of his career, right now, still a very good defender. Under Iguod- oh my goodness, man! And he's a bright basketball player, uh, very engaging. Andre Iguodala is the NBA player that every team should want. I agree. Andre Iguodala is very, very good. Okay. Thanks for for agreeing. <laughs> but game four is coming up. Uh, we're going to see what's going to happen, what adjustments will be made, uh, how much of an impact Clay Thompson being around will actually make. 
And uh, I think my prediction of the gentleman's sweep has gone to the wayside with the Clay Thompson injury. So well, of course. Here's here's looking at six. Let's let's take care of it in six. So you th- so you agree with what Draymond said basically? Like he just called Toronto out and was like, "We're gonna go and win tomorrow. We're gonna go to Toronto, win Game Five, and then we're gonna come back to Oracle and celebrate. Nothing to worry about, huh? So you're you're like in, you're in the you're in the Draymond arena, huh? Um, I don't completely agree with the way he mapped things out, but yeah, why not? Okay. What did I tell you about predictions, Jordan? I we are nobodies. Our predictions mean nothing. So yes, Warriors in six. And you know what's going to happen if the Raptors win one more game? I'm going to say Warriors in seven. <laughs> You're going to say Warriors in seven. So if they just happen to win the next game, you think that the Raptors will not close it out? Warriors in seven. I don't see the Raptors winning game four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they, if they win, I didn't see them winning this game. Honestly, I thought this was a trap game. Three. No, I, hey, it doesn't matter. These are the Warriors we're talking about. I didn't see them winning game one. I didn't see them winning game three. No, no, I take that back. I did see them winning game one just off of the hype and just the the first time and in Toronto and everything surrounded with that. But I did not see them coming back to Golden State tied 1-1, and truly putting their stamp on Game 3 the way they did. I did not see that. So you think about... Even after Clay's injury? No. No, I didn't. You're talking about home court. So in this in this, in this this mythos, where did you imagine the Warriors were going to get their points from? Well, they almost won. They got it from Steph Curry. They got it from Draymond. And, you know, you have some other good good players. To be honest with you, the reason why the Golden State Warriors stayed, uh, uh, I mean, uh, not stayed, that they uh, completed their victory in game two was because of their role players. Quinn Cook, as quiet as it's kept, knocked down about a good three or four threes that were clutch in the fourth quarter. And you think yep. about the end of that game, that dude, if he, he wouldn't have kind of turned on, we probably would be talking about a 3-0 lead with the Raptors. Like, there's a lot of different things that could have went differently in that game. Um, so, I'm, I'm again, I'm not I'm not giving no excuses to these dudes. Klay Thompson is sitting down. Oh, well. I'm not giving excuses. This is an a- analysis, Jordan. I'm just analyzing the game. Not well, giving well, excuses. Well, We'll analyze this. Toronto's winning in five, baby. Five. All I'm saying is there's a difference between Clay Thompson running around screens open for three and Sean Livingston running around screen open for three. There is a difference. Whatever you say. All right. Whatever. Anyway, we look forward to uh, the continuance of the NBA Finals and uh, the way the NBA has set it up so that the finals drags out for four and a half weeks right into the NBA draft so that the NBA can stay in your consciousness for all year, even though we are going to lose interest in the NBA draft after pick two. <laughs> That's for sure. I'll turn it off and then I'll just read uh, on who the Bulls got. Apparently, they already made a promise to somebody, so whatever. Kobe White. They've already made a promise to Kobe White. And here's the thing 
uh, it appears that so have the Suns. So the Bulls' promise means nothing. Oh, God. I told you he's going to be gone. And even if he's there, no. I know a lot of people like him. They like his size and his his quickness and everything. Ah, I'm good. I'm so good. I'm Kobe White. I'm so good. Yeah, I can do it without Kobe White. Well, hey, but let's get off. Let's get off of that. That makes that makes my spine hurt. <laughs> that makes your spine hurt. <laughs> While we're on the NBA, we're going to introduce our latest segment. It's called the Stay Out List. The Stay Out yeah. List is basically where we put together a list of persons, places, or things um, that interest us here at Stay Out, and should interest you, the Stay Out listener. Uh, we pick a random number. There's no set number for every episode. We just pick a random number of things that we want to talk about, and we make a list. And you're free to discuss whether you agree or not. If you think we've left someone off, tweet us, hit us on Instagram. If you think we've left something off. Yeah. But this week, we're doing the most annoying current NBA players. The most annoying current NBA players. So me and Jordan have compiled a list, and the stayouts list this week consists of nine items. So we have nine of the most annoying NBA players, and we'll start with number nine, Patrick Beverly. Now, this is Jordan's choice. Why is Patrick Beverly annoying? Patrick Beverly is annoying in a good way. Uh, Of course, we're not just talking about people uh, out out there listening. We're not just talking about annoying as far as, you know, them being annoying, like per se, their attitude or maybe the interviews, but also how they play the game. Perhaps they're annoying to other people. And the first person I could think of is Patrick Beverly, Uh, Chicago bred, very, very in your face type of defense. I think Patrick Beverly is one of the most annoying defenders um, in a good way because he does not give you an inch. Uh, He does not back down. He does not get tired. He is relentless. You look at how the Clippers played the Golden State Warriors when he was going up against KD. Obviously, overmatched in in the way of KD still doing what he was able to do. But you just can appreciate someone who is just that dull, that tenacity. It just doesn't take a day off. Patrick Beverly, you are an annoying player, but in a good way, my brother. Very, very, very uh, one of my favorite players uh, in the league. Yeah, um, Patrick Beverly actually won some points with me this year. When he got to get behind that, that microphone on the podium and talk, uh, you know, his he spoke extensively about his competitive nature and how he's not going to give an inch. But at the same time, he does show respect to his opponent. And that's what I enjoy about Patrick Beverly. And he yeah. does annoy NBA players because he he gets at you. He gets at you. He's got that, that Chicago griminess, man. And he puts it on display uh, at all times. No rest yeah. for the weary against Patrick Beverly. Agreed. Agreed. The number eight most annoying NBA player, the most annoying Stayos NBA player today, also comes from Jordan. It's the MVP beloved Lance Stephenson. Oh. 
<laughs> MVP beloved is right. Uh, used to have a lot of arguments with uh, Ian about Lance Stevenson being one of his most favorite players in the entire NBA, in the history of the NBA. Uh, of course, that's a very, 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 very long stretch of the imagination. But here's why I am annoyed by Lance Stevenson, because I actually do like him. Uh, but Lance Stevenson has so much that he just he just hasn't done in his career and won't be doing in his career. Lance Stevenson should be a much better player uh, career-wise. And, and I mean, like, when it comes to his stats, Lance, Steven, Lance Stevenson has or had the ability to be a very, very good player. And in my opinion, perhaps an all-star a few years. When he was in Indiana... He was doing his thing. He had the most, I believe, triple doubles uh, in, in one of the seasons when he was on Indiana. That was, of course, before Russell Westbrook's reign of averaging triple doubles. But uh, Lance Stevenson just left a lot on the plate. Uh, he, he has so much talent. You can tell he's dripping with talent, can, can, can dribble. He can facilitate. He's not technically a selfish player. He knows how to set people up. He has flashing passes. He can shoot somewhat. He can drive to the basket. He has a, a, a really good package, but he's never seemed to amount to as much as you would think. Uh, and he's had his opportunities, and he hasn't taken advantage of them. So that is what annoys me about Lance Stevenson is his career has – an asterisk next to it as well. Lance Stevenson, very talented. Um, some do believe he's one of the better, if not the best player in the NBA. But he is... <laughs> he's second to Boban. So, oh, wow. until until Boban retires, Lance Stevenson cannot have thrown as the goal of the NBA today. No, you did not. It's all type right. of blasphemy. All type of blasphemy. I'm riding with Loban, baby. Yeah, you can go ahead and Number- ride with him. <laughs> Number seven is my pick. Initially, I had James Harden, and the very mention of this person recently made me cringe, so I replaced him with this guy. Russell Westbrook is the number seven most annoying player in the NBA, and I'm going to tell you why. Russell Westbrook will not win a championship if he continues to carry on the way he does. Russell Westbrook has somehow found a glitch in the matrix. When I say that, he somehow found a statistical glitch that uh, makes all of his numbers look good. He gets people to move out of his way. He's at times a petulant child, very explosive, very likable athletic traits, uh, very likable basketball qualities and skills. But the way in which he uses them is very annoying. Russell Westbrook uh, pretty much tries to do whatever he wants to do. There hasn't been a coach that is there to stand up to him and make him uh, play basketball the right way. Russell Westbrook, you are absolutely annoying. You you annoy me to no end. Russell Westbrook, <laughs> number seven, most annoying player. Number six, Kyle Lowry. Now, wow. Kyle Lowry is extremely annoying. And he's he's coming from under the shadow of some of the reasons that I find him annoying. That's my guy, too, Kyle Lowry. Um, initially, the reason why he annoyed me ever so much was his ability to uh, disappear in the playoffs. He was like a magician. Wow. 
Uh, he always manages manages to find a way to disappear in the playoffs. But now that the stage has become a little bigger, Kyle Lowry stepping up. But one thing due to the Raptors uh, being ousted from the playoffs so quickly, so often, I didn't know that Kyle Lowry was such a complainer and a whiner and flopper. And because of that, Kyle Lowry, uh, when you're when you're not disappearing in the playoffs, you're making yourself seen through your constant bickering and whining and complaining to the officials, always politicking to get your way. Kyle Lowry, always the 24th best player in the NBA, just making the all-star team and the sixth most annoying player in the NBA. Wow. Do you have have anything to add about Kyle Lowry or was that, that good enough for you? No, I think you covered it very well. Uh, Kyle Lowry is still a good dude. Uh, kind of overrated in my opinion, but I don't. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you on that. The number five most annoying player in the NBA is the darling of the Stayouts podcast, Jimmy Butler. Oh, Jimmy G. <laughs> Jimmy G. Buckets. Jimmy Butler. Um, always believes he's the best player on the floor. And that is an admirable thing. It's just, it seems like he does it the wrong way. Yeah. Jimmy Butler will go into a room full of players who are far better than him and believe he's going to assume the alpha male role, which he shouldn't. Jimmy Butler has alienated players on entire franchises, on two different franchises, alienated the young players. Now, Derrick Rose has come out and given us some insight, perhaps, on uh, the way Jimmy may be thinking, that some of the younger players may be a little spoiled. And that may be the case. I will never argue against someone saying that young players today are spoiled. That may absolutely be the case. And yeah. I say Jimmy better be glad that Derrick's sticking up for him because Jimmy also stabbed Derrick and Tom Thibodeau in the back. Uh, when Jimmy wanted to become the star of the team and thought that Derek wasn't the guy anymore, he proceeded to go out and try to assert himself into the alpha role. And also, when asked by Bulls management, was it time for a change of head coach? Uh, Jimmy Butler did not, did not, I repeat, contrary to popular belief, put his foot down and throw in his flag for Tom Thibodeau. And also, there's that Mark Wahlberg thing, and ever since then, he's become super Hollywood, oh, and he's on the Jimmy and he's every chance he gets to be in front of the camera, he does. And the whole Minnesota thing, where he took over practice that Derrick Rose said was overblown, and he owned up to that for the pub, and every maneuver is made so that he looks Hollywood and can uh, maybe make an extra five dollars in his contract. That just makes Jimmy so annoying to me. The fact that you have an individual who thinks that they are far better than what they are. They're just not in the right way. Jimmy Butler, yeah. number five. Number four was selected by both members of the Stayos podcast, both owners, the majority and minority owner of the Stayos podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Kevin Durant, KD. So I'll let Jordan, I've had the last few uh, annoying guys, so I'll let Jordan dig in on Kevin Durant. Why is Kevin Durant so annoying? Kevin Durant looks is like that spoiled kid, the spoiled rich kid who just cries when he doesn't get his way and then tries to find a reason to cry when he does get his way because he wants more of his way. Uh, It just seems like he can't get himself out of social media. He seems like he always wants somebody to hold his hand. 
as probably the best player on the planet, arguably, just act like you're grown, man. You, there's too many people that act like kids, man, and just throw tantrums. And Kevin Durant is definitely one of them. Uh, when he does interviews, he gives you know the media outlets a hard time. He gives the the analysts uh, or another analyst the uh, reporters hard times. And that's not to say that you know sometimes the media they're sharks. Of course, they don't always deserve you know straightforward answers and and and, and answers. Period. But you know it, I'm just tired of Kevin Durant walking around like a little kid. You know, grow up and and. Get a more alpha mentality. Uh, he seems like he always needs to be coddled every now and then. So uh, that's another reason why Kevin Durant annoys me. The ghost tweeting, the sub-tweeting, the uh, fake profiles, uh, the sneakiness in, in social media, the fact that Kevin Durant doesn't realize that the reason that he's asked a lot of the questions from the media is because of his own doing. Yeah. And we'll get to another player who was the master at doing that. But it's because of your own doing. When you don't make decisions and when you uh, have everything hanging in the balance, yeah, you're going to have people asking you why certain things are the way they are. And again, I agree with you, Jordan. Sometimes the media, they're sharks. They, you know, they have a job to do too, you know, especially, uh, Internet writers, even internet, uh, internet reporting is kind of dying a little bit as far as the revenue they're getting. Yeah. So, you know, these guys are going to be sharks. They're going to try to get the hottest story. They're going to try to get some clickbait. And, you know, Kevin Rans was like, I'm not going to feed you guys that. So uh, you have to give them a little of something, especially in, in your role uh, as the, the top guy. And, and as you say, uh, likely the the best player on the planet. You have to give them something, so you can't you can't be, you know, so veiled and mysterious about things, and then, you know, wonder why where this came from and that came from. If yeah. you're gonna be that veiled, mysterious guy, be Kawhi Leonard. You know, be completely quiet and and off to yourself, and you know, very uh, short on words. Be that guy, and then no one will. I mean, even with Kawhi, people have tried to pry a little bit, but. You can't get anything on Kawhi because he doesn't say much. But don't do all the chirping and the yapping and then get mad when some of that stuff is is looked at and analyzed. And, well, I didn't mean it that way. And y'all putting words in my mouth. And did I say that? Nah. We ain't got time for all that, KD. Kevin Durant, yeah, exactly. the fourth most annoying player in the NBA. Number three. LeBron James, the third most annoying player in the NBA. I've said this time and time again, Jordan. <laughs> if if Derrick Rose said the things that LeBron James said, well, no, no, no. Let me let me rephrase that. LeBron James has said some of the same things Derrick Rose has said and got away with it because he's the self-proclaimed king and he's a little more polished. Which you know, to, that's to his credit. He is a little more polished. LeBron James wants to control every aspect of everything. And that control freak mentality makes him very, very annoying. Yeah. And it works to his detriment. He complains about the situations, much like KD, uh, that he set the tone for. He complains about situations he creates. 
if you sign one year deals every year, then you're going to limit the things that your front office can do for you. And then, in effect, your front office and your GM can't go out and get players to commit to a team when they don't know if the star player is going to be there. Because you've shown in the past that you'll get some superstars together and leave at the first sign of trouble. So players don't want to commit to that. So what happens is when free agency starts, when trades are preparing to be made, players say, I really don't want to play with that guy because he may not be there next year. And then next thing you know, not only am I stuck on a losing team, I'm stuck in Cleveland. Right. Right, exactly. Which is the, 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 the black hole. Yes, it's Cleveland, I believe, when translated in Latin, stands for blasphemy. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> that is the French, uh, the French rendition of Cleveland. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's why LeBron James is annoying. Did you have anything to add, Jordan? No, I'm I'm in full. You you covered that well as well. LeBron to me is uh, just. It's kind of blasphemy on my part to say overrated, but I think the older he gets, it seems like he's just becoming more annoying. Uh, just some of the decisions he's made, I feel like his legacy is just overblown. Uh, that's the only thing that's really annoying to me is calling him the GOAT and just, I don't know. He's just not the GOAT to me. He, obviously, he's not the GOAT to me. I know who the GOAT is, but... It's just so many things that he's done over his career that really have question marks around it. Uh, just not 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 really a, a, a favorable person in my book. That's all I say. Uh, you brought up some other things, man. The decisions that he's made, the way he's gone about certain things, very business savvy in some regards, and willing to sacrifice his image to be business savvy, but. The fact that he believes that winning one title in Cleveland made him the GOAT, no. Nah. See, don't say stuff like that. LeBron James is, is annoying. Very annoying. But he was only number three on our list of most annoying players in the NBA. Number two. And this is a tough decision for me because he could, he could really contend for number one. Like He's really right there. And, you know, I'm, I'm with Jordan on this, but I'm going to let Jordan take this away because he brought it up. Draymond Green, the second most annoying player in the NBA. Uh, yeah, Draymond Green to me is just annoying. I think he comes off as a tough guy. Uh, and, and obviously it shows that he's a very gritty defender, a really, really good defender. But sometimes I think Draymond just talks a little too much. And I think he kind of, kind of plays into that tough guy role a little bit too much. Uh, and I, and I don't buy it, you know, off the court on the court. He, he, he'll, he'll bark your head off. But, uh, I think he's just annoying because sometimes he can be a diva as well. Uh, and, and the most latest thing I could come up with is what, what I pretty much just, just said earlier is his prediction of how the rest of the playoffs are going to go. Hey, just be quiet and play your game. You all are champions. There's no reason you have to go out and tell people how you're going to break down the other team in, in the coming games. You just lost, and you're talking about, oh, this is no sweat. We're going to 
come back and, and, and win in our home and then go there and win and then come back and celebrate our championship. Just take it a game at a time. Stop talking about what you're going to do for the rest of it. Don't predict stuff and you're down to one. Have a humble attitude as a champion should. Walk the walk. Don't talk it. Just walk the walk. And I think Draymond sometimes has too much mouth. And uh, sometimes he needs to just be quiet and play his game. That's not to say that he isn't a good player or he isn't a deserving of 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 the 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 credit that is given to him. But sometimes he can just be really annoying with the way he carries himself. Absolutely, the the chirping on and off the court, it it, it gets to be a little much. The technical fouls, the the unnecessary. Uh, physical plays, the questionable things that's been done by him over the course of his career. You know, again, very talented player, very intelligent player. One of the best basketball IQs going right now, in my opinion, in basketball. But, you know, the the chirping on and off the court, uh, the saying things in the media, the fake tough guy act, all of it, we can yeah. do without. He's also one of those guys that you you hate to play against, but you love to have on your team. Yeah. Yeah, good point. And finally, our number one most annoying player in the NBA. I picked this guy. Did, did you guess who it is, Jordan? Chris Paul. Chris Paul. <laughs> CP3. <laughs> How this guy gets commercials baffles me. <laughs> like I don't throw the word turd around. Oh wow. Really but he's an on the court turd. Like Oh wow. Wow. Now now all, all of these guys we've mentioned, I'm sure they off the court, I'm sure they've done wonderful things for charities and things like that. We're talking about just as as basketball players, their basketball persona, uh, even the things they tend to say and at times get away with. Chris Paul is sneaky. Chris Paul is dirty. Chris Paul is one of the most talented point guards I've ever seen in my life. But he's sneaky. He's dirty. The same way. He's new age Isaiah Thomas. The same way I hated Isaiah Thomas, I hate this guy. I like that comparison. I hate this guy. Smile on your face, cheesing, baby face looking dude. Now he's got all the the State Farm commercials. And, you know, he, he drags teammates. At times he was dragging guys he literally just had fights with into the commercial. And <laughs> on top of all of this, he doesn't seal the deal. He's not a closer. For whatever reason, whether it's subpar play when everything's on the line, and, and take nothing away from him, he's carried subpar teams through different rounds of the playoffs. But when it gets tight and high level and high stakes, uh, whatever team he's on isn't going to make it. He's new age Isaiah Thomas without the rings. Wow. Anything to add, Jordan? I, I you actually took that 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 is a very good comparison. Uh, I didn't think about that until you said it. Isaiah Thomas was obviously one of the best point guards uh, 
to play, but uh, he was extremely annoying and just did things that was not necessary. Uh, yeah, without the rings, yeah, Chris Paul definitely doesn't know how to close out the deal. Uh, I heard he's kind of a bully when it comes to his teams. Uh, and of course, point guards, they assert their, 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 their presence. Uh, they're the, they're the ones who uh, run the show, you know, as the position calls for, but at the same time, man, you, you, you your teammates, <laughs> they should like you at the very least. And, and, uh, as it's, as it's being shown now, you know, James Harden and him and the whole team is being broken up because now it's being brought out that they're not really cool with each other. And, you know, not winning can do that. You know, and you're tired of looking at somebody after a while when they, they, they ain't really giving you what, what, what you what you want. So, yeah, Chris Paul is definitely the most annoying. Uh, how he's gotten those State Farm commercials, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's horrible. I... I, I I don't know if it had it. I, I just don't know. I don't know. Chris, Chris Paul, really good, but yeah, he's definitely annoying. Look at his track record. He's got the stable center caper. He's got the whole thing with with him and Rondo, and who spit on who, and and all that and whatnot. You know, he, he's got the the thing where he was one. He was part of the crew that locked uh, DeAndre Jordan in his house and made him renege on the Mavericks. You know he's he's got all these all these things, you know. Now he's at odds with with James Harden for good reason, for good reason. But still, it's just like everywhere he goes, there's a fire, and he's got a a, a can full of gas and a handful of matches, and yep. and nobody's paying attention to him. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's fun, number one. <sighs> yeah. And, so and, and, and here's my here's my question for that. This is just a little side question. Given mm-hmm. all of that, if the Bulls are interested in getting him, would you get him? By no means. Okay. So think about this. Chris Paul's what going on thirty four. What can Chris Paul give to your team that's worth thirty nine million, forty one million, forty two million at the age of thirty four, thirty five, and thirty six? Uh, I mean, they do need some veteran leadership, but at that cost, yeah, I'm good. You're right. I mean, you need veteran leadership. I mean, sign Bill Russell. Wow. Okay. Pay Bill Russell about $3 million to come give your team some veteran leadership in that locker room. We'll do that. Uh, I was about to say, I thought you meant to play. I was like, is it that bad? I would take Bill Russell at $3 million over Chris Paul at 40 to lace up the old uh, converse and uh, come on the court for one minute a game? To step out in his chucks. <laughs> wow. That is that is horrible. That's how, that's how much you think of Chris Paul. <laughs> no. If I pay Bill Russell two or three million dollars, right, I can still sign someone else for ten, ten million dollars and bring them in to sub out Bill Russell after his one minute. That if I'm hilarious. paying Chris Paul $40 million, there's nobody else I'm signing. There's no backup. <laughs> well, I mean, th- yeah, yeah, that's true. Chris Paul's going to have to play 40 minutes a game. That's true. And Chris, you need a guy on this team that is going to do the push-ups and jib-boiling the signs. 
Wow. <laughs> Bill Russell may not do him, but he may at least get a pass because he's 95. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. <laughs> Jim might still go hard on him. Bill Russell would give him the middle finger and show him his canes like not doing him. Not doing them, Chief. <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. But just to recap our stay-offs list, the first one, we're going to clean this up a little bit, but this is the first one. This is the maiden voyage of the stay-offs list. <laughs> Most annoying NBA players, number nine, Patrick Beverly. Top nine, number nine, Patrick Beverly. Number eight, Lance Stevenson. Number seven, Russell Westbrook. Number six, Cal Lowry. Number five, Jimmy Butler. Number four, Kevin Durant. Number three, LeBron James. Number two, Draymond Green. And number one, the most annoying player in the NBA, CP3, Mr. State Farm, Chris Paul. Like a good neighbor. (laughs) I would rather sign the All-State guy for a million and a half. I'll take the robot All-State guy, the one that was crying and uh, Oh, the State Farm guy? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take him over. From the office, that's right. He's like the fake Oscar from the office. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I'm not. I don't. I don't want to be part of any fan base that's paying Chris Paul that much money. All right. Well, it was a thought. Yeah. Have fun trying to trade that Houston. They'll probably be a taker. I bet you the Lakers are, are entertaining. I bet you. Well, I mean, that makes sense because that's, that's you know, LBJ's guy. So if he goes there, then I wouldn't see any any reason why that would be a problem. There are certain people that I know he can probably play with that, you know, won't cause a problem. That's one of them is LeBron, obviously. And they can build a, a big ball of annoying. <sighs> yeah. Other players that could have been included but are not, Dwayne Wade, he's retired. He's officially not an NBA player. So, you know, that is literally my least favorite NBA player ever. Really? And that's not to say he's not talented. Anybody listening, Dwayne Wade, loving people. Dwayne Wade is a very talented, was a very talented NBA basketball player. find him extremely annoying. I believe that Dwayne Wade has um, played the Bulls twice. He was the ringleader in that big three thing, and I think he had no intention of coming to the Bulls. And he keeps telling us, the Bulls fans, that he did have intentions. He had no intentions of coming to the Bulls. It was all a master plan. Secondly, Dwayne Wade played you, the Bulls fan, because he took he took money that he knew full well, full well he didn't deserve, just to make Miami jealous, only to turn around for Pat Riley to say, oh, I'm sorry, and then take $40 million of the Chicago Bulls dollars and go back to Miami. <sighs> yeah. Or Cleveland, I'm sorry. He went to Cleveland, right, with his friend, and then his friend traded him back to Miami. Yeah, there, there you go. little pity thing. Yep. He's like, ain't nothing happening here. Uh, you can go back to Miami. Pat says he's sorry. So that's our list. Up next, we are going to talk a little baseball uh, Jordan has some Cubs updates and while he did yes, that I'm going to take a nap 
<laughs> I was trying my hardest to figure out how you were going to shame me in, in, in any kind of way. Then, then, okay, well done. Well done, sir. No, you know, I'm all ears, man. I'm all ears. God. I should, I should readjust that list. You know, let me put a Jose Abreu on there. Anyway. Not baseball. <laughs> So, no, uh, I just wanted to let everybody know, you Cub fans out there, you know who you are. Uh, we uh, recently acquired a very, very talented uh, pitcher, relief pitcher, closer, uh, really. Uh, Craig Kimbrell uh, came out of nowhere and was able to acquire him. Craig Kimbrell, I believe it's pronounced, uh, has been the best by statistics since he came into the league in 2011. Uh, as the best closer in the league, uh, a lot of saves, a lot of strikeouts, low ERA, uh, which is exactly what the Cubs were were failing at is their bullpen. Uh, they were very low ranked when it came to the bullpen. And uh, this is exactly the shot in the arm that the Cubs needed. Uh, so going forward, I believe this is something that will you could kind of say get them over the hump and. uh hopefully get them back to where they were in 2016, which is a chance to compete for the championship, the World Series. Uh, very, very good pitcher, very dominant pitcher, has a lot of a lot of speed on his fastball, good rising fastball, good mix of pitches, very, very intimidating closer. So uh, looking forward to seeing him, I think, because he's been out for a while, he's going to have to take a few weeks off to kind of rejuvenate and get himself back into – uh, pitching game shape and game shape, but uh, when he gets here, man, I am going to be tuning in and seeing how he does. But uh, yeah, man, very good pickup for the Cubs, and uh, yeah, that's that's all I pretty much wanted to say. Now Chris can wake up, and now I can go back into uh, hibernation as he speaks on his beloved uh, socks. I mean, I'm sorry, socks, socks, yeah, socks. <laughs> Craig Kimbrell actually w- did come out of nowhere. He was living in nowhere, New Mexico, when the Cubs found him. Um, <laughs> oh God! He's working on his cactus farm. Um, <laughs> oh, that's just brutal. His neighbor's like, "Is he watering a cactus farm?" No, but Craig Kimbrell could potentially be a good pickup. Potentially. Um, a guy that's been away from baseball that long to the point where they have to send him to the minors to learn how to play again. Um, you're pitching. You're pitching. It's not like you're running up and down the field. You don't need to get your wind back. It, it, it does raise a few question marks, and they paid a, a healthy sum for this guy. But I think the first year is, is real low, and then, you know, by the time – he makes his impact, he gets paid, which is like a couple of years from now, right? Yeah. That's the way it's structured. Okay. Well, I wish I wish that uh that signing well. Hope that goes well for you guys. Yeah, I'm sure you do. All right. Now now get off of my lawn. Talk about the socks. In the meantime, G Leo, Lucas Giolito is the American League Pitcher of the Month. He was virtually unhittable the entire month of May, and hopefully that continues. 
And while you're at it, Cub fans, you're welcome to do so as well because you get two options as shortstop. Vote for Tim Anderson as shortstop because, let's be honest, he's the best shortstop in the American League. Maybe even baseball. Maybe baseball. (sighs) Tim Anderson has been the subject of... Now, see, these aren't these aren't kerfuffles with the Royals. Oh God, here we go again. These are kerfuffles. These are these are incidents. These are uh, these are etouffees or whatever. It's some French word that I think etouffee is like a bread or something. I probably got it all. Wrong. Wrong. I butchered. I butchered it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> incidents, uh, run-ins with the Royals. Which brings us to our next subject. I wasn't going to talk long about the Sox. George spent a lot of time on a guy who didn't play for a while. But it brings us to our next subject. About baseball's unwritten rules and regulations and traditions. Uh, Also included in this is is the uh, Dallas Keuchel thing. Where the Yankees and he are discussing the terms of uh, whether he's going to shave his beard or not. And uh, this is something that was initiated by George Steinbrenner when he was alive. And it's something that they're going to keep going, I guess, as a tradition, as a Yankee tradition. So, Jordan, what do you think of the unwritten rules and traditions of baseball? You got Tim Anderson out here getting hit multiple times by uh, good old grizzly Ned Yost. Get him, Ned! And uh, he's out here throwing at Tim Anderson every chance he gets because of a bat toss on a crushed home run. And Tim Anderson has said he's going to continue to play to have fun. So he's going to continue to stare at home runs and uh, do uh, emotional bat flips because he can. When you stop him from hitting in the high 320s American League, that's how you stop Tim Anderson from throwing the bat. But until then, prepare for some bat flipping and staring. And gold chain wearing. <laughs> Sound like Ric Flair. I was going to say, I went on Ric Flair, didn't I? <laughs> oh, can't stand it. Don't win. <laughs> I'm like, what? What's going on here? Are we talking Tim Anderson? Are we talking uh, wrestling? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Did you just woo? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was funny. That was funny. Uh, you know what? I... I I'm I'm just like other people nowadays, I'm kind of tired of tradition. You know, you have to grow. And and we're just talking spirit uh 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 strictly sports. Uh, you gotta get with the times, man. Get with the times, grow with the sport, grow with the 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 the, the audience. And these young guys, these young people out here, this new generation, they like seeing bad flips. They like seeing emotion and and chain wearing and, and you know, staring at, at majestic home runs for a minute, you know, and staring at the pitcher. If you don't like it, then you come right back at them and strike them out. Then you can celebrate and yell and stare them down as they're walking back to the dugout. That's all part of the fun. And I feel like MLB has not caught up with all the other sports. You got the NBA where they can stare a person down. You know, sometimes you get a tech, but there are times where you can clearly see a person light somebody up from three or dunk in somebody's face, and there's emotion shown. 
There's a little bit of, you know, trash talk. It's fun. I mean, look at Drake. Part of the NBA Finals has been entertaining from the Toronto side because Drake is all in the media and he's going back and forth. He's trolling KD, he's trolling Draymond, he's calling everybody garbage. You know, he's doing all this and it's fun. It's entertaining because it's harmless and, you know, it's just, you know, adding a little spice to the game, to the competition. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that these old timers that are in baseball kind of need to get with the times or they just need to kind of take a seat and just enjoy the game as it's coming because you're not going to stop this from happening. And that that's really the truth of the matter is eventually it's going to be more accepted, just like everything else has been. You know, with with a new generation, there's going to be new things and new standards and new rules. So the bat flip, I'm cool with. Now, this whole thing with Dallas Keuchel going to New York and the only hey, reason that he could. Yes. So we can talk about that. But as we speak, Dallas Keuchel just signed with the Braves. Oh, wow. Well, uh <laughs> Uh, well, as <laughs> well, that 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 right there, you know what? That actually gives more level, more 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 uh, 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 more uh, weight to to what I was about to say, though. So now that he's not going to the Yankees, could that have been because, hey, I like the way I look. I'm not going to shave or cut my, my my facial hair off. Here's a team who has a lot of young talent, an up and coming team in the Braves that maybe they're accepted of that. And now you've just lost out on a very good pitcher, a former Cy Young Award winner, from coming to your team because you want to uphold a standard or a rule that was put in place in the 70s or the 80s. Like, how far away, how far ago was that? How, how far, uh, how long ago was that? Like, come on. And, and uh, it's understandable if, if that's what you want to do and that's what the, the players on your team accept then fine. But th- just don't think that that's going to fly with everybody. And again, change with the times, which again, we're talking strictly sports change with the times. If the generation, if the, the fan base and the people are paying money to see these players perform, want certain things to be put in the game to make it more fun, then what is the harm in that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing because some of it is hypocritical. Yep. Pitchers have always been able to finger guns and, and sky point and uh, yell and get pumped up off of strikeouts. But then let a guy hit a home run and stare at it a little too long. You're going to take his head off. Do you, do you get to take a pitcher's head off when he, you know, yells at the, at the batter's box after he strikes you out? Do you get to take a pitcher's head off after he, uh, does sky points overly dramatically when he gets a strikeout or when he pulls an arrow out and shoots it into the air? What's with the double standard with the hitters and the pitchers? And then you have all these old school, grizzly, grimy broadcasters and managers who are on their last legs in the league and they need to get out and stop teaching their sons and their nephews these terrible baseball uh, unwritten rule thingies. There was one thing or uh, somebody called attention to Ronald Acuna and the jewelry he wears. I believe um, it was a Pittsburgh broadcaster. And so, you know, back in my day, you would have never seen that. Yeah. Does anybody remember Barry Bonds? Uh, Ken Griffey Jr.? Or, you know, even in the 70s, I think Dave Parker 
award chains, and guys did that. Leon Durham, Sean Dunstan. You know, guys did that yeah. back then. So I don't know what the what the thing is now where you want to, you know, act all, all grisly and uh, baseball is mine. It belongs to me and it needs to be pure and, and American and we need to make baseball great again. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't you can't do this to a game. It's a game. It's supposed to be fun. And as long as these new age guys aren't hurting anyone, you know, let let a little let a little braggadocio out. Let a little emotion out. It's an emotional game. Yeah. So let a little yeah. emotion out. You know, you're gonna see some bat flipping and tossing, and you know, it's not. You know, when Tim Anderson did it the first time against KC, he said himself, "It wasn't meant to disrespect." The Royals, it was meant to pump his team up. They were on a comeback trail, and he was trying to pump his team up. And that's yeah. why he did it, because he yelled at his dugout, not yours, his. And what happens? You come up, you hit him, you're ready to start a fight. People get suspended. Then the next series, the first pitch, you hit him. And then you have all these Kansas City fans up in arms. Oh, well, uh, he shouldn't have. Stop. Stop. Old-timey baseball has to fizzle its way out. Or how about this? If you're a fan of a team and you want to play old-timey baseball and you enjoy it, that's fine. Play it. But don't impose that culture on the entire uh, association, entire Major League Baseball, because your team wants to be grizzly and old-timey. Do it. You know, go out and, and, and get your singles and, and bunt the man over with your designated hitter and you know, you can't play old timey baseball and then use your designated hitter because that's not old timey baseball. Exactly. That's a good point. Wanna- I uh, I put it like this: like, what 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 retaliation would you expect the batter to have if the pitcher celebrated? Because the pitcher has a baseball that they use to get back, so they may ding him, they may aim at a certain part of the body, or they may go head hunting because they know they have the helmet on, but. If the roles were reversed, does a hitter get a chance to just take his long bat and uh, go up to the pitcher and s- take a few swings at him? Absolutely not. Then we'd be that talking about awesome. murder or or assault or somebody ending up in jail or being banned. Like, you know, <laughs> you got to pick a lane. And and again, it's not that serious. These sports, people are privileged to play sports and sports is supposed to be fun. So just have fun. It, it shouldn't be that difficult. I want to see them. Th- I, I appreciate that suggestion, Jordan. This is what should happen. If you want to completely uh, rinse the game of baseball, of all that emotion, and you don't want guys bat flipping and staring down home runs, again, King Griffey, Barry Bonds did it. Uh, Sammy Sosa did it. Albert Pujols did it. Uh, those guys did it. You know, Reggie Jackson. If Reggie Jackson didn't stare down home runs, nobody did. But if you want to do that and rob the game of that emotion, go ahead. But how about this? Just as Jordan suggested, how about we do some flip side stuff? How about we let some of these guys go get a wiffle ball bat? Not a real one. Let's get a wiffle ball bat and just come and just go at a couple knees and calves. Now, baseball is worried about their ratings and worried about fans showing up to the games. Oh, trust me, they'll show up. (laughs) 
every time a pitcher strikes a guy out and, and sky points and, and yells and uh, does fist pumps and flexes, the next batter gets to come out and bring his wiffle ball bat before his A-B and just take a couple of couple shots at those calves or, or hamstrings. That's exciting. Yeah, I'd pay to watch that. I just pictured it in my mind. Yeah, I'd pay for that. <laughs> yeah, baseball's, baseball's rules and traditions, for the most part, some of them are cool, but for the most part, it's trash. Stop it. Stop with the hitting yeah. players. You're going you're gonna to put players at risk. And, and again, it's the high road thing. I'm going to throw at your head because you stared at a ball. It doesn't, it doesn't cancel out. Yeah, exactly. Stop. It doesn't cancel out. That's all we're going to spend on the baseball. So we're going to get to the most beloved portion of the Stay Out podcast. Yes. Delicioso. The Grub Report. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what we haven't done in a while, Jordan? What is a that? Food a food face-off. So let's do it. Oh, this week we're going to do Chili's versus TGI Friday. Chili's versus TGI Fridays. What's good, Jordan? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I like both um, for various reasons. Uh, one thing I do like about Chili's, I'll just mention one thing, and I'll, I guess we can kind of broaden it out. But uh, one thing I do like about Chili's is their deals that they have. When When you're broke... You can get a nice deal at Chili's. I believe the last time I went there, I believe the deal is the three for 10 where you can get a one. You can get one appetizer. You pick an entree and then you can pick a dessert as well. Uh, All for ten dollars. If I if I'm if I'm thinking about that correctly, Uh, it's very easy on the pockets. Uh, The last time I went there. When I did get that three for 10, I got the uh, quesadillas, the bacon chicken ranch quesadillas. I forgot. I probably said that out of order. Ranch, bacon, chicken, quesadillas, whatever. But uh, I don't know if it was just the chef that day that made it or whatever. But my God, it was it was it was very, very good. Very good. But uh, the dessert was very good as well. They have very good desserts. I usually get the uh, the what is that the uh, cookie the chocolate chip cookie with ice cream. I usually get that. That's my favorite. Uh, and the skillet, the cookie skillet. And uh, usually for an appetizer, I try to go with the southwestern egg rolls. A very very good staple that's been on their menu for a while. They just have a very overall good menu. Uh, but uh, mostly, I like Chili's for their deals. Yes, and I believe it's the Chili's over there on Ridge Road. I don't know if they do it anywhere else, but I know after a certain time, their appetizers are like three bucks. Yeah. So that's always a good deal. Like you said, when you're broke, going there, get just 10 boneless wings for like three bucks. You know, but you got to go in there like after nine or something like that. That's cool. That's cool. But yeah, uh, 
it's a great thing to have, great option to have uh, those appetizers for for cheap, and then that three for ten. And Chili's does always seem to have a deal going, but Fridays they have their own share of deals as well. They're uh, they tend to be a little more expensive, but they have their own deals. And not just that, uh, Fridays their their app interaction I think is a little better. Their point system is a little better. I think you get more points per order with Fridays. I'm not okay. sure what you get with Chili's, but when you order with Fridays, every order you get, you're probably going to get a free meal out of it um, the next time you come. I think I still got a free meal waiting on me uh, just off app points, and I think I only went twice. But I can get like a free chicken meal or something like that. So Friday's interaction as far as the uh, the meals – their garlic parmesan wings are great. You can do the endless appetizers. Is that still a oh, thing? The appetizers at um at Fridays. At Fridays, you know what? I don't know. I haven't been there in quite some time. Uh, I don't remember even getting that. So that's that. I probably missed out on that. <laughs> you sound oh so disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, because you mentioned it, I'm like, man, that actually sounds good. Because Friday's food is very good still. I'd probably miss that on the man's appetite. You messing around with you? <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I, I think they, but the price kept going up and up and up, and they were uh, getting on my nerves with it. Getting on my nerves with it. But they're they have uh, good boneless wings. Those garlic parmesan wings are really good. Okay. Um, so something you might want to try. Spinach artichoke dip is pretty good. The um, that Jack Daniel's sauce, I like it. I don't know yes. how you feel about it. Oh but no, I'm that. with you on that. That is that that the first time I went to Fridays, I forgot what I believe I had like a a, a chili chicken chicken uh cheese combination. I I can't remember, and uh. I had the jack sauce on the side. Man, that, that that jack sauce hits perfectly with that food. It hits perfectly with the food. Yeah, so you know, that's that's something they can they can do. But their appetizer game I think is a little better than the chilies. The the entrees, who would you give the edge to? So appetizers, I'm gonna go with Fridays over chilies, but their entrees, who would you give the edge to? I feel like it probably is Fridays. And see, here's the thing. This is the reason why I might be a little biased and I'm not trying to be is because I usually am at Chili's more more frequently than than Fridays. So I feel like it wouldn't be fair for me to just outright say Chili's. Um, But when I have gone to Fridays, their entrees, they're, they're very good. I've had the uh, well, that no, that's an appetizer. I was gonna say the the potato skins, the loaded potato skins, um, but uh, I, I'm trying to remember. I think the last thing I had there was a steak and mashed potatoes, which was very good, very well done. Um, I don't know, man. It, it might be a toss up. It might be a tie for me because uh, I, I I feel like I'm I'm doing chilies a disservice if I say they're worse than Fridays. I really don't think they are. So I, I, that might be a tie for me. Oh, that's fine. 
That's fine. Um, for me, I think Chili's entrees might be a little better. Okay. Even though I like the, the Jack sauce, and they put it on a lot of the stuff that they have. Um, I think that that the entree game at, at Chili's is a little bit better. So since it's a toss-up for you, and I'm going to give the edge to Chili's, we're going to go ahead and give the overall edge to Chili's. Is there anything in particular you like from Chili's? Uh, particularly, I like the, uh, what is it? The Buffalo chicken, uh, sandwich, the Buffalo chicken burger. I do like their fajitas, the chicken and, uh, fajitas and the steak fajitas. Those are very, very good. Got it hot sizzling on the skillet. Uh, I really like their Southwestern egg rolls. I like the chicken crispers, the tenders, uh, crispers. Uh, the honey glaze crispers, uh, any combination of that. I believe they have a. Uh, actually, my friend told me about it. I, I haven't tried it yet, but he swore by it that their new explosion salad, I believe it's called, or something like that, is very, very good. Uh, their dessert. I mean, I could go on and on. That, that again, that skillet, the chocolate chip skillet is very good. Um, the drinks are not bad. The margaritas are very good at Chili's. So yeah, yes. I, I, it's, I, I guess I'm just so I'm, I, I because I've tried it so many times. I guess that the yeah, those th- those are really some of the staples. Those are the claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, I like the buffalo chicken ranch salad. I mean, sorry, sandwich. Um, very good. I, I like a good anyone who's listened. They know I like good spicy food, and that's a good yeah. spice on it. Uh, it's yeah. not top of the line. Neither neither one of these restaurants is going to give you the the best anything you've ever had. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's going to be solid. It's going to be be able to come through in a clutch and a pinch. And you don't want to feel like you've gone into a restaurant and wasted your money. And between the both of these, I've never felt like I've really wasted money going into either one of these places. So you mentioned the you mentioned the desserts. Who has the best dessert for your money there, Jordan? In my opinion, I'm just going to go off of what I remember. The memorable memorable dessert is the skillet, the cookie skillet from uh, Chili's. I have not had a dessert better from any other, you know, fast food or restaurant chain, you know, like an Applebee's or Red Lobster or anything like that or Outback or whatever. So I'm going to go with the cookie skillet. Very, very good melted down chocolate chip cookie kind of doughy in the center just like i like it they you know splatter a a a a bit of vanilla ice cream on top and i believe they do a little bit of caramel drizzle on the top too uh very very good good uh way to end out the the meal and the day if you're going on a nice date you can uh share that with your significant other and uh go home happy Are you going to go home happy? So here's the thing. The, <laughs> Whoa, excuse me. That ice cream skillet. No, no, that ice cream skillet is awesome. And that's the best dessert on either one of those menus. You are absolutely right. It is great. It is wonderful. I, I am a sucker for anything 
uh, brownie and ice cream, hot brownie and ice cream at any of the restaurants that I go yeah. to. In fact, me and Jordan recently went to a restaurant with, with some of the podcast brethren, and he saw, you know, the, the passion with which I attack brownie and ice cream. But <laughs> I almost didn't see it. It happened so fast. Looked up, that mess was gone. But that that cookie, that sizzling, the skillet, that sizzling skillet cookie. See, that's how you know it's good. Got you fumbling and no, stumbling. It's watering. That sizzling skillet cookie is it's, that's a solid option, man. So yeah. we're gonna put that above Fridays, right? Yeah, because Fridays dessert options are meh. Uh, at best, they do have some new donut cheesecake thing going, but I haven't had it. It's great in concept, but I just don't know. You don't know until you indulge. Whew, donut cheesecake, huh? Okay. Yeah, I don't want to get caught up anymore in the uh, random dessert cravings because the last time, uh, of course, everybody knows from listening to the last podcast, I tried my hand in the dessert biscuits from KFC. So uh, that almost ended my life. Yeah, and I still don't understand why you did that. Leave me alone, man. They 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 pour cinnamon water on a biscuit and put icing on it. <laughs> cinnamon water, and then and then that's supposed to be a cinnamon biscuit. Have you ever had a cinnamon, Jordan? Yeah, I, I'm actually not that amazed by it. I don't know what the crave is. It's kind of like. People are overhyping it from the start. I, I, it's okay. It's never been like amazing to me. No, it's not amazing. But one thing Cinnabon is is extremely sweet. Yeah, like it, it makes it makes all of your teeth hurt at once. But <laughs> it's it's not nasty, so it's delicious. You just don't want to eat the whole thing because it's like, oh my god, I can't eat this much cinnamon and sugar. Yeah. Now, those are good because you bake the cinnamon into the cinnamon roll. You had that, that icing, the hot icing drizzle and and cut through the seams of the cinnamon rolls to those spirals. What about KFC's biscuits give you that feeling that that's going to happen? I don't know. I think it was just the maybe the promo when I saw it on the commercial. And then when I when I drove past it one day, it said, hmm. That looks kind of appealing. Let me try it. And boy, was I wrong. Even on the commercial, it looked terrible. Yeah, because they bumped into each other and flipped up in the air. And it, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry, people. I, I did, bad choice. One of my, one of my mistakes I wish I could take back. KFC literally was like, look what we made by mistake. Want to eat it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't try anything that anybody makes by mistake, except penicillin, maybe. <laughs> okay. Penicillin. Rumor has it that penicillin was made by mistake, right? Rumor has it, like history books. So, other than that, things that are made by mistake probably aren't that great. There's always a good idea here and there, but trust your gut. Either trust your gut or you'll betray it. And Jordan betrayed his gut. Yeah. Didn't go with my gut feeling. Huh? Huh? All right. So we're going to declare 
<laughs> Chili's the winner by a nose in the Chili's versus TGI Friday's battle. Um, there's really no real losers here. You're going to do well either way. Yeah. Um, Chili's has a slightly better quality of overall options and food. Uh, while Friday's, you're going to hit a home run with that appetizer sampler, but even then they keep raising the price on it, and the appetizers keep looking less and less appealing. Um, but Friday yeah. still has some good, decent chicken options and good options with the Jack Daniels sauces and things like that. But Chili's is better. And don't forget, when it comes to Chili's, you can get your baby back, baby back, baby back. Oh, wow. I've not heard that commercial in 20 years. Oh, but they still sell them. The baby back ribs. So, barbecue sauce. <laughs> well, it's been a great episode of the Stay Ops podcast. Thanks for joining us. You got to hear who we find annoying. You got to hear us talk about uh, old crotchety baseball guys. You got to <laughs> talk about chilies and Applebee. No, not Applebee. Applebee's should be next. Talk about Applebee's. When you brought it up, yeah, but that'll be next on the list. Applebee's versus uh, something. Yeah, Applebee's versus something. You got, we talked about Chili's versus TGI Fridays and the NBA Finals. Jordan doesn't want the Warriors to win, but I do. And all the LeBron fans are coming out of the woodwork and saying, oh, look, look, Steph Curry has to score 40. They don't say a lot of words, those LeBron fans. Um, all they know how to say is LeBron better than Jordan. Well, let me stop. Whatever. Stop shooting shots. But yeah, thanks. I've been Chris. I've been with Jordan. Catch us all podcast outlets. Catch us on social media at Stayos Podcast, all one word, on Instagram as well as Twitter. Another thing I want to throw out there. Before we dismiss Jordan, I don't know if you heard about this uh, Twitter thing where Chipotle is giving away all these burritos during the finals. Uh, no, I did not hear about that. Please do tell. So Chipotle is having this thing where they're supposedly giving away like uh, millions of dollars in burritos over the course of the NBA finals. Every time a broadcaster uh, or a color guy or sideline reporter says free, they release a code on Twitter and you text the code to a number and you're eligible to win a free burrito from Chipotle. Yeah. Now, I have done this for three games and it has been points where it's taken me away from paying attention to the game like I want. I'm starting to think this is a hoax because I keep getting messages like, I'll type it in right after it comes out because I have my notifications turned on. Okay. And I'm getting messages that, oh, you just missed. The buzzer ran out. And then what will happen is Chipotle, every so often, will tweet a message out or retweet a message from somebody who says they won. I'm thinking those people are actors. And I'm starting to feel like we're being played so that Chipotle can get social media activity. But that's really? just me. I'm I'm skeptical of just about everything, as you know. Not the trusting sort. 
Okay. I had to. I submit Jordan through. I submit Jordan through a battery of tests before he became the official co-host of the Stay House podcast. I'm not trusting that past. <laughs> barely. He barely passed. <laughs> hey, if I can get in the door just by a little bit, that's all that matters. As long as I'm in there. Somehow the uh, the hair test, the drug test, we had to pluck some of his hair. It came back inconclusive. So I was like, what the heck? I got to get this podcast done. Ah, uh, yes. I have my own people. They made sure I did what I needed to do. Good. You out here like Magic Johnson. But again, legendary stay out spot. Oh, my goodness. Why am I so tongue-tied? Legendary stay out podcast. We'll catch y'all next time. I'm Chris. I've been with Jordan. Peace out. Peace.